You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. We are a weekend and a Monday away from the 2021 NBA Draft Lottery. Where will the Sacramento Kings pick end up? Will they get lucky and move into the top four? Will they stay at nine, move down to 10, 11, or even 12? Who knows? There are a lot of questions surrounding how the Sacramento Kings are going to approach this draft. And there's a lot of questions as to whether or not the Kings can find or will find a player that they want in this draft at that 9, 10, 11 range that they'll most likely find themselves at that can help ultimately reach the playoffs, which is the main goal for the Kings this season. In fact, it's the top priority for the Kings this season. To give us a better idea of this draft, class to tell us who would fit that mold for Sacramento and who the Kings should avoid. I'm going to be joined by the Wednesday hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. They're also known as the Draft Dummies on social media. Sam and Cody will join me on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, yes, including the NBA draft, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth Worth it if you enjoy it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years. This was my seventh season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. I'm looking forward to season number eight. Hopefully that will be the season where the Kings finally end this playoff drought. But like we've talked about many times already in this early offseason, in order for the Kings to accomplish that goal, they need to upgrade this roster. And I don't know if the Kings are going to choose to use this draft pick on actual draft night to draft a player or if they're going to package this pick and try and add a veteran or a two-way player or someone who already find themselves in the NBA. More of a proven commodity than what a rookie would bring to the squad. So we'll have to see what Monty McNair means by being aggressive when it comes to using this draft pick in this upcoming draft. In terms of drafts, he's one for one. He landed Tyrese Halliburton. However, there is a fair argument to say Tyrese fell to the Kings So how much of that was draft luck and how much of that was the Kings putting themselves in a position to still land the impressive Halliburton who ended up finishing third in the rookie of the year race. Before we get to the uh, locked on NBA draft guys, I will say that it doesn't surprise me at all that Tyrese Halliburton ended up in third. I don't know if the gap between him and Anthony Edwards was as big as people were making out to be. I think LaMelo Ball winning the Rookie of the Year, even with the time he missed because of injury, is more than well-deserved. He definitely was the best rookie out of the class this year. Although I think in terms of career, Tyrese Halliburton will give all of that 2020 draft class a run for their money. At least the Kings are certainly hoping so. And speaking of Tyrese Halliburton, he, Anthony Edwards, and LaMelo Ball all made the All-NBA Rookie First Team. 
So congratulations to Tyrese. One of many accolades to come, I am sure. Now let's hope that the Kings can use this draft and be just as successful in this draft whether it's trading the pick or selecting a player as they were in last year's draft. Let's talk more about it. Here is Sam and Cody, my conversation with the Wednesday hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Well, we will find out very, very soon at least where the Sacramento Kings draft pick will fall. We don't know if the Kings are actually going to make a selection. Of course, who they would select with that draft pick. There's thoughts that this draft pick could be moved or there's a high likelihood of the Kings trying to move this pick along with a contract or two to free up some cap space. There's a lot of unknown for the Sacramento Kings around this draft. There's actually a lot of unknown surrounding this draft, period, league-wide. And to help me kind of get an idea of what's going to happen, to give us insight on this draft class as a whole. I am joined by Cody and Sam, hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. These guys are going to help me out today. First off, they're going to be grading the mock draft selections that I've made. And if they're going to be ruthless, I would not be surprised based off of the Kings draft history. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun today. Guys, thank you so much for joining me here on Locked On Kings. Yeah, no problem. It's a pleasure to be here. We, We appreciate you having us on. So Cody, Sam, we'll start with this and whoever wants to jump in first. I'm looking at this draft class and we've heard a lot about this draft class, even going back to last year's class, which was ultimately labeled a kind of a weaker draft class. And we know a lot of prospects, uh, Anthony Edwards, Sacramento's Tyrese Halliburton, they, they took that personally. And I think that class turned out a little bit stronger than maybe people expected, at least in year one. Uh, this draft class is, is considered to be very, very strong, but at the top, the top five. So just looking and analyzing all the research you've done with this draft class outside of that top five, do you expect us to look back at this class three, four, five years in the future and go, yeah, the top was really good, but there was also some really solid NBA talent outside of those five stars. Yeah, I would say definitely, for sure. Uh, I think Cody and I both view this draft as a very, very strong top four, actually. Uh, We're a little bit lower on Jonathan Kaminga, but the top four, I think, is really as good as you're going to see in a draft. After that, I think it flattens out. I I don't necessarily love kind of the five to ten range, but then again, after that, it's very deep. So I think we're certainly going to see some talent outside of just that top four. But yeah, the top four is very, very special in my opinion. Yeah, I would, I would echo the same, same thoughts there. And last year's draft was a little bit different where we really loved the six through 12 range. And, uh, you know, the Kings ended up with Tyrese Halliburton last year, obviously. Uh, this draft is not quite the same way, uh, at least in, in my opinion. Cody, is this one of those drafts that, after the what's expected to be consensus, Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick, that's where this draft is truly going to begin? Or are you expecting number two to be pretty solidified as well? Uh, I don't view it as solidified. We'll see who ends up with the second pick and maybe we'll have a clearer picture. But uh, there's a lot of disagreement. Um, a lot of people like Evan Mobley. Sam and I both tend to value guard and perimeter players more so than bigs. Uh, we would take the Lucas and the Trey's over the Bagley's and DeAndre Aiden's um, just for positional value. But we'll see how the lottery shakes out. And uh, that that'll obviously determine a lot. 
Sam, you said that that five to 10 range, you don't like it as much as maybe you like that range last year. And of course that five to 10 range is right where the Sacramento Kings are. They could fall out of the top 10 if they get really unlucky and all the mock drafts that we've done, the Kings who have the best chances at the ninth pick have fallen to number 10. There's of course a 20% chance that they can move into the top four, which people have their, their fingers crossed here. But what is it about that, that, outside of the top five or top four range, that five to 10 range that has you a little skeptical with this class. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say that I dislike it. I would just say that the top four is so good that the drop-off from four to five is pretty steep. In my opinion, it's almost like from four, it's like two tiers down from there. So there are guys that I like, but my kind of five through 10, five through 14 even is not too in line with the consensus but certainly obviously one through four, I'm right there. Cody and I are also pretty high on Jalen Green. I think he is the guy that we do view as the second best prospect in this class, but certainly there are still some guys that are really intriguing to me where the Kings are going to be picking. So not a bad spot, but I mean, I think everybody is going to be hoping they can make that leap certainly for this draft to draft to the top. And guys, that, I mean, that makes for an exciting draft, does it not? When we have yeah. all these potential prospects, of course, we don't know the order quite yet, but a lot of teams are, are trying to get good right away. This is one of those drafts where a lot of the teams up top realistically could have quick turnarounds depending upon who they get. I mean, just look at the Oklahoma City Thunder with the amount of first round picks they have. There's a chance they can end up with two top five picks. How quickly does that vault them uh, into the uh, into the conversation again in the Western Conference? So I I think we're in for a, a pretty fun draft night with some maybe wheeling and dealing and seeing which direction players and, and teams go. Yeah, absolutely. And that's pretty much every year. What we learn from the NBA draft is that, you know, the GMs and the decision makers in the NBA, including analysts and whatnot too, we get a lot of stuff wrong. It's hard to predict. And that's kind of the fun of it is seeing how these careers, uh, end up playing out I mean we just saw Jay Sean Tate make first team all rookie this year an undrafted guy so you never really know how it's all going to unfold Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts as a chain store or new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based off of what the market will bear like airlines do for example. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. I know absolutely nothing about cars. I've been recently going through some car trouble needed to replace the part. The dealership was going to charge me way too much for it. I went onto RockAuto.com. I got the part for $75 cheaper than what the dealership was asking for, not to mention the labor prices. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts they have available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So... We've done a couple of locked on NBA mock drafts already with also simulating the draft order. We're going to have a, a locked on NBA ultimate mock draft coming uh, in, a, in a number of weeks, which is really exciting coming uh, in July. And then a draft show that we're going to do here on the locked on podcast network, which is just going to be out of this world, something that we've never done before. But in these two mock drafts that we've done so far, the first one, or I, uh, as I mentioned, both of them, I, I fell to the 10th pick. And spoiler alert, in the third one, I also fell to the 10th pick. So I can't stay at nine for some reason or, or, or move up with the Sacramento Kings. It's just our draft luck. But in the the first selection that I made in the first mock draft, I went out and I grabbed uh, Gonzaga's Corey Kispert. I liked the fact that he was older. I thought he was more NBA ready, at least at that range, compared to some of the other players uh, that were available. And really, if I'm the Sacramento Kings, I'm looking at this draft and I'm going, I'm looking for a player who can come in and make an immediate impact with Sacramento, even if it's off the bench, even if his, his floor is higher, but his ceiling is lower than other prospects. If he can come in and help the Kings win right away, I think that is what Monty McNair and the Kings are looking for, at least based off of my opinion. What do you both think of the, uh, the Corey Kispert selection for Sacramento at 10? So Cody and I are both from Spokane. We're both actually big Gonzaga basketball fans, but (laughs) this was, my least favorite of the two drafts that you made. We'll talk about the second one next. I think that just and everyone should have their own opinion. So this is just my preference is I have tended to move further away from drafting older players because I mean, you kind of hinted at it to me. What I've seen looking back at drafts is oftentimes we can mistake so-called safe prospects And what ends up really happening is those safe prospects just have a much lower ceiling in the end, especially with guys that are seniors in college. Uh, Looking back, drafting those guys in the lottery just doesn't tend to be the best usage of assets. But he is going to be a guy that can shoot the three, and that is something you just can't really get enough of in the modern NBA. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. That just personally isn't the way that I would use that draft capital. The positives with Kispert, you know, is you know what you're getting with him. Like you said, Matt, he's an older player. Uh, He's experienced. He is very well seasoned at this point. The three-point shooting, as you guys noted, uh, was incredible this last year. Super consistent his whole career at Gonzaga. And you're getting, you know, a high character, a great teammate type player. Uh, And so, yeah, I, you know, he would be considered the, one of the safer players of the draft and Sam doesn't like that term as, as much as I do, but uh, yeah, you know what you're getting with Kispert. Um, he's six, seven, 220 pounds too. So I think he has the NBA size and I don't think uh, he's going to be, be a complete sieve uh, defensively. I think he'll be able to hold his own uh, certainly isn't going to be a major plus on that end, but yeah, if he, if he can shoot and defend well enough, then I think he has a long career, but like you guys were saying, there's not going to be much more after that. There, I don't think he's going to ever be a guy that can put the ball on the deck and create for others. 
Yeah, Cody, you hinted at his defense there. And, and one concern of mine that I have about his, a weakness of his game that might be uh, exploited if he came to Sacramento is his inability to create his own shot. We know he has a great catch and shoot release, and that can be effective in an offensive set run by Fox or Halliburton or even DeLon Wright. But the Sacramento Kings have also had their fair share of shooters over the years who can knock down the outside shot, but are also a liability on the defensive end of the floor. I don't know if Kisper is a liability per se, but I don't know if his defense is going to be good enough at the NBA level to warrant significant minutes and to really exploit the shooting potential that he has. Yeah, I think an important point to make, and a lot of people don't realize this, is just how big he is too. So at 6'7 and pretty well built, he's not a guy that other teams are going to look at and be like, yeah, we can just easily take advantage of that guy. He's got the size. He looks like he can defend. I, I personally view him as a below average defensive prospect for his position. Uh, but maybe with that size, he can play some four in smaller lineups, and that might be able to help. He does have the strength to guard. I don't view him as a very good kind of horizontal mover, being able to slide his feet with, you know, good wing players on the perimeter. So that that is one of the weaknesses that I view in his game. In the second mock draft, I thought Scotty Barnes was going to slide all the way to 10 for the Kings to swoop up, but the Orlando Magic snatched him at nine. But Moses Moody was not a bad consolation prize compared to the Locked on Kings listeners' response to Kisper. They were not too happy with that selection. They like the Moses Moody selection a lot more. Sounds like you both do as well. What is it about Moses Moody that you think could be a great fit for the, uh, the Kings? Yeah, I love the Moses Moody pick. That was the pick I highlighted for that exercise. Uh, he's 6'6 with great length and he can shoot the ball. He can shoot the three. So obviously we just talked about Kispert and his ab ability to shoot, but Moses Moody is bringing you a lot more defensively. He was just a freshman this last year at Arkansas, and he's already shown the ability or flashes anyway to put the ball on the deck and do a little more offensively. But He's a really heady defender. He's got great length. He has great hands. Uh, I love the pick. Sam and I are big fans of wings with length and shooting and defensive upside. Yeah, and Cody mentioned that he's 6'6". To me, he looks even bigger, and there have been reports lately that he's up to like 6'8", potentially. So we'll see. Next week is the combine, and we're going to get some more numbers, which we're very excited for. But yeah, to echo Cody's points, I view him as even a higher floor than Kispert because of the defense, but also the ceiling, I view it as much higher than Kispert. I think he has a chance to create his own jump shot a bit more off the dribble. Think more, you know, we're talking high-end outcomes here. Think of more of kind of a Chris Middleton-like player offensively. Of course, that's a very high-end all-star outcome. But to me, I, I love Moses Moody. He is the sixth best prospect in this draft, in my opinion. Sam, how much closer is Moses Moody to being an immediate impact type player that the Kings are looking for than to being a project? Like if it's a scale or a teeter-totter, what side is heavier? Is he closer to being an immediate impact player or is he going to be a guy that you think is going to take some work to develop into, obviously not his full potential. There's no way you're coming into the league unless you're a superstar and, and performing at your top potential right away. But will he be able to help the Kings make the playoffs right away? Yeah, I do think so. It's hard to really bet on too many rookies to be that big of a positive impact player, you know, early on in their career. Kings fans were spoiled to a certain extent this year with Halliburton yeah. 
but I that's one of the things that I like about Moody is you know you're getting the three and D plus very high IQ. So I, I do see him as being able to come in and contribute year one with the defense and with the three-point shot. But I do think he has a bit more upside that he can reach later on in his career. So if that's the balance you're looking for, where you want a guy to come in and contribute this year, but still has that upside down the road, to me, that's why I think Cody and I both really like Moses Moody. All right, I can't avoid it. I'm going to throw out a spoiler alert right now to listeners because our third mock draft is not out yet, but I have already made my pick. The video is in. We're just going through the production of it right now. Moses Moody was nearly my pick again. He got snatched up as not at nine as, as the Kings once again fell to 10. And I decided to make a, a, a go in a bit of a different direction, a player that I've seen high on some boards, low on others. That's why I wanted to get your two opinion on Franz Wagner out of Michigan. Uh, the I've seen comparisons to Nemanja Bialica, former Sacramento King. I've even seen some Andre Karolinko uh, comparisons, which is interesting to say the least. The Kings could certainly use that type of player. What is your or what are your thoughts on Franz Wagner potentially at that 10 range? I like the pick in the 10 range, absolutely. You're getting kind of a jack-of-all-trades uh, type utility player at this point. He has great size, and he has great feet and movement skills, mobility for his size, being a perimeter player. Sam and I, you know, really, really like his defense, actually, and think that he's a little underrated on that side of the floor where we think his shooting, uh, his reputation kind of precedes him a little bit right now. But the shot, you know, the base for it is certainly there. And uh, yeah, a really heady player on both ends. And I like him in the 10 range. Absolutely. Can you imagine Andre Karolinko in today's NBA though? That would be, that would be pretty awesome. I was going to say how many <laughs> technical and flagrant fouls does he get on a nightly basis? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Franz Wagner, I do really like to, I actually not to compare them one to one at all, but in terms of the archetype or the player type, there are some similar similarities to Halliburton in that I think he can come in and play year one, similar to Moody. Also, he he's not necessarily a primary creator, but he's very good playing off others. He's super high IQ. Cody and I kind of refer to him as a grease guy where he just tends to make everything run a bit more smoother offensively. But I, I think he's a better defensive player than Halliburton. Uh, I view him as a four right now in the NBA. So to bring a bit of shooting, a lot of, you know, maybe tertiary playmaking, plus the defense, that's a guy I, I, I like quite a bit at 10. All of this draft talk is making me hungry. Thankfully, I have a snack right here with me. It's a Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And look, I'm a very picky eater. I've always been a picky eater, especially when it comes to protein bars and protein-based foods. I can always taste the protein powder or the supplements more than I can taste the actual flavor profile of the bar. That is until I experienced Built Bar for the first time and I didn't even realize there was protein in it. Seriously, I, I got tricked into trying a built bar my first time and then 
Lo and behold, they became a sponsor of the Locked On Kings podcast. They have nine delicious normal flavors. My favorite out of the nine is mint brownie. They also have occasional limited time flavors that you need to check out. You can try all nine of these flavors by getting a mixed box. You'll get two of each of those nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. And the best part, they're covered in delicious 100% chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So Sam, we'll start with you for this question and, and go to Cody as, as well. Um, I think I, I know that the Corey Kispert out of the three, the Corey Kispert pick is at the bottom. So out of the two, Wagner or Moses Moody, which of those two picks do you like better for the Sacramento Kings? And then based off of your knowledge of the Kings, kind of what I've shared, looking for an immediate impact player, looking at other prospects that we haven't discussed yet, are there names that you think Kings fans uh, should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, so I will rank them one to three. Pretty easy for me. Moses Moody, one. And the differentiator there between he and Franz Wagner is just the shooting. I think Moses Moody is going to be a fantastic shooter. But easily Wagner second and then Kispert third. Um, In terms of other guys, you talked about Scotty Barnes. He'd be a guy that I, I would really like the fit. And I see him as a top 10 guy in this class as well. Jalen Johnson is a similar player to Scotty Barnes. I view him as having a slightly lower floor uh, than Scotty Barnes, but also a higher ceiling, a very talented player, another guy that's kind of a playmaking four. Um, so those are two guys that I would mention. Uh, Cody, anyone else that comes to mind for you? Yeah, so I love Scotty Barnes. I'm really high on him. Uh, and then if Giddy is available around the Kings area, I would love that too. After Bogdanovich left the Kings, uh, to have someone else come in, especially if they do ship healed, to have someone on their perimeter uh, like Josh Giddy that can handle the ball and take some pressure off as uh, Fox as well, along with Halliburton being you know a great spot up shooter. I I like Josh Giddy at six eight too. So uh, those are some of the guys that that Sam and I really like in that range. So it sounds like with Wagner, Giddy, potentially Moody, uh, and uh, I'm missing somebody else that you mentioned. Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes as well. It sounds like potentially whether the Kings stay at nine or fall to 10 or even fall to 11, there is going to be a pretty significant potential for them to get a solid contributing player right away, which I, I think is encouraging for Kings fans. The question is, though, whether or not the Kings want to take a flyer on another rookie to try and add to this young core, or if they want to go out and try and find a way to add a veteran type talent. And so I want to throw this hypothetical question out to both of you, and this may be impossible to answer personally, but I'm looking at this draft class. I'm looking at probably the 9-10 range where the Kings will end up. And I'm looking at the contracts that they have on their roster, the desire to improve this roster right away, and as well as open up some cap space to be able to improve this roster. And I say, man, there's a high likelihood that the Kings can use this pick, package this pick with a player or two to go out and get a veteran piece or two, or even some two-way players that this team desperately needs and has been missing for a while and the most important thing is when asked about this draft pick Monty McNair said he was going to be aggressive looking at all options but he said he's going to be aggressive and I think the a potential trade on draft night or just before draft night is about as aggressive as it gets 
So in your mind and starting with you, Cody, what do you think the value of a nine or 10 pick in this draft has in the trade market? Is it high, medium, pretty low? What are you thinking? Uh, I would think it was probably a little bit below average compared to a lot of years, in my opinion. But with that being said, in every single draft, you can find guys that are going to excel that are drafted even outside of the lottery. So I think there's always opportunity. Last year was considered a weak class, and there's been some amazing players taken after the top five. Uh, but I would say compared to most, I think, you know, the consensus view is that it's probably not as strong as some years, um, but that's just kind of how I am feeling about it and what I see. Yeah, so this is kind of almost an opt-out answer, but I view the lottery like literally like a lottery because how many times do teams like the Kings get a chance at a potential star player that just doesn't come around very often? It's hard to see the Kings getting a guy like that in free agency. And so if you're to tell me that they take either like a Giddy, a Moody, or a Scotty Barnes, I would say absolutely stay and just make that pick. But if the Kings are sold on moving on from maybe a contract that they want to get off the books, it's hard to really say though, because I would like to see what value they're really getting in return, right? Before I kind of make a call on that. Yeah, that's why it becomes a really impossible hypothetical question. We'll, we'll wrap up with this. And I think I kind of have an idea of what the answer is, but just to hear it from your guys' mouth, let's say the Kings do get fortunate and move up into the top four, meaning they'll have at least one of Cunningham, Mo, Mobley, Suggs, uh, or Jalen Green. Would you recommend them just taking whatever one of those players they want slash is available over trying to use that pick and it's high value to go and get, I would say a fringe star or low all-star talent. They're not going to turn that pick into a Bradley Beal or anything like that more than likely, but I don't know if it could become a, um, Devontis Sabonis maybe out of the, uh, Indiana or even a Pascal Siakam out of, uh, out of Toronto. What, what would you think in that range? Hmm. So if it's Cade Cunningham, I would definitely stay and make right. the pick at number one. After that, it does get a little bit tougher as you're running through some of the names. Yeah, that's intriguing. Again, I'd, I'd want to see how much value you're trading and what you're getting back. But Cody and I, I think generally agree. We have Cade in a tier on his own. Then we have a tier where all three of Suggs, Green, and Mobley are in a tier. Um, I would lean Jalen Green, but uh, Mobley would be a fantastic fit. And I do view him as a potential future all-star, certainly with a higher ceiling than those guys that you're trading for. So honestly, if it's me, I probably just stay in and make the pick of any of those four guys. But without a doubt, if it's Cade, I'm taking him at number one. Yeah, I would echo the same thing, except for, for me, for the Kings, I'd probably have it, you know, between Cunningham, Mobley, and Green uh, for sure. I think if they were to just keep the pick and go with one of those three guys, I think that would pay dividends for sure. Well, I just did a, a lottery sim here while I was chatting with you guys, and you're already better luck than I've been getting. The Kings stayed at nine, which is a win in my book at this point, <laughs> based off of what, uh, what's been going on. Uh, the Rockets won at number one. Uh, the Timberwolves moved all the way up to number two to get Jalen Suggs. And then the Bulls moved up five spots to number three to get Mobley. So 
I can't wait for the draft lottery. It's going to be uh, chaos and it's going to immediately make your guys' job more fun and also more difficult. Uh, yeah. But the, the content you provide and the stuff that you do on the Lockdown NBA podcast uh, is phenomenal. I want to make sure everybody is, is checking out all of the shows that you guys put out, all the coverage you put out leading up to the draft itself. This is the busiest time of the year for you. And so you're, you guys are both so uh, willing to come on and spend your time. I really appreciate it. Is there anything that people can look forward to or anything that they should be keeping an eye or an ear out for coming up on Locked On NBA Draft? Uh, so we, like you said, we do our episodes every Wednesday on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, but the other hosts on that channel are also really good. We're doing everything from scouting reports to mock drafts to simulations we're going to be talking about the combine and the lottery as those come up so yeah like you said we've got a ton to cover over the next month and for us specifically you can follow us at draft dummies on twitter and we're posting you know clips stats uh, our thoughts uh, every day there so hopefully it'll be a, a good follow as we make our way towards the draft in july well, Sam, Cody, uh, I'm going to do it right now on the air so you can't back out of it later. I want to make sure that we have uh, the two of you back on after the Kings make their selection or depending upon what they do in this draft. And we'll talk about if it was a good move uh, or not. I would really appreciate your feedback uh, on that when it happens. But I appreciate you guys taking the time tonight. Thank you so much. And I, I look forward to doing it again very soon. Yeah, no problem. We appreciate you having us on, Matt. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to come back on after the Kings get the first pick and draft Cade Cunningham. <laughs> Not too much breakdown there. We can all dream, right? Thank you, guys. <laughs> all right. I know you have some opinions about what Sam, Cody, and I just discussed around this NBA draft. Are you as high on Moses Moody as they are? Are you as low on Corey Kluber as they are? Your opinion on Franz Wagner? Any other prospects that I should keep my eye on? Or maybe a prospect or two that you'd like me to either solo or with an expert do an in-depth review and look at? Let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. On Monday's episode of Locked on Kings, we will have our final Locked on NBA mock draft where we will do a draft lottery simulation before the lottery itself. Then coming up, like I mentioned in that interview, we have the Locked on NBA ultimate mock draft that we're doing this year. I don't know if you checked out the Locked on NFL ultimate mock draft that we did around a month ago, or at least the Locked on Podcast Network did. It was phenomenal. And we're doing the same thing for the NBA. Plus, we're going to have a live in studio draft show on draft day itself that I will be a part of. You are going to want to check that out. I cannot wait for all the draft coverage coming to the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope you will be a part of that. But again, our final Locked On mock draft with the draft lottery is coming on Monday. And yes, I spoiled it a little bit in that interview but you're going to still want to listen to hear how the draft shook up, how I came to pick Franz Wagner at 10, and a whole lot more. Until then, my name is Matt George. Please have yourself a safe weekend. I can't wait to talk to you Monday. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.